This is the OHLM60 podcast. I'm Reese Devaney along with Colin Ward. That is one month into the OHL season. Four weekends are in the books. Some teams start to pick it up. Some teams fall in a bit. Some teams are have been Struggling. the same through the first four months. Or four four weeks, sorry. But uh we'll get there. I'll get we'll be all right. Um thanks so much for tuning in to the show. Uh, it's going to be another good one here for us. Uh, we had a very good featured game this past Thursday between the Saginaw Spirit and Windsor Spitfires. Had to go to extra time. We'll break that down uh, in just a couple of moments here. Of course, we'll run through the headlines from the past week. That includes suspensions, trades, just kind of general things that caught our eye. Um, as we get into segment number two and three, we're going to do something a little fun here, and we're not going to bring standings into this at all it helps but uh, i don't think it's going to be too big into what we think about this but through the first month through the first four weeks of the season kind of our idea of who the top five teams are in the ontario hockey league that should be a I fun like, one yeah and i feel like we don't know yet do it bi-weekly or weekly we'll see we'll yeah. see the change in the standings because it can get old after a while per week I feel yeah, like maybe maybe like a monthly thing every four weeks. A month though, a lot changes. Think Very two true. at the most. Think two at the most. Yeah, every other. We'll yeah, see. All right. We'll play it by ear. Yeah, we do we'll that see. with a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's not a big deal at all. <laughs> I just wanted to drop that in there. Oh, yeah. And uh, of course, another show guest to watch this week. A yeah. very successful week uh, last weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah we're, we're on a roll with that, Wardy. Yeah, Bo Jelsman having another big week. Not a big deal. Hey, yeah. we said it last week. He's going to get out of that. Too good of a hockey player. Point proven. Thanks, Bo, for helping us out. Effect. And then, uh, yeah, then Gavin Bryant got hurt. He got hurt. So hopefully uh, that doesn't rub off on the next show guest that we pick. But, yeah, big week, though. A couple points. Two games, two points. So, hey, mm-hmm. not a big deal. Let's keep the train going. I was going to say, Bo Jelsma part of a very big come-from-behind victory yeah. for the Barry Colts against the Mississauga Steelheads, which will probably for be few, one thing eh? that is in things that caught our eye part yeah, of the show. There so. was a couple uh, big comebacks throughout the weekend, which was very uh, mm-hmm. exciting. A lot of good games, a lot of good hockey games, especially on the Sunday. Sunday, there was a lot of good games. All of that is coming up within the next 57 minutes. Because we're three minutes and had to do some math there for a second. How to be on the spot. Critical not, not thinking. Bad, eh? Let's go. <laughs> but uh, first off, featured game. Windsor Spitfires hosted the Saginaw Spirit at the Wafku Center this past Thursday. And it was the visitors coming out on top. A 3-2 overtime win on the road. And a lot of the credit goes to one man uh, in the blue paint, Tristan Lennox. We will get to him. Yeah. Uh, quickly scoring summary for you. 0-0 through the first 20. Head to the second period. Who else? Michael Misa's fourth of the season. 136 into period number two. Made it one nothing Saginaw at the time. Windsor would then respond with two. Ryan Abraham, his third of the year. 1349 mark of the second period. 1-1. And then A.J. Spellacy, his first career OHL goal. 1648, the time of that marker, about 259 behind Abrahams. Gives the Spitz a 2-1 lead. Scoring didn't end there in the second period. Dean Lucas, 1732 into the second, 2-2. And your boy Minchikov uh, getting in on that as well. A show guest, Josh Bloom. That was a nice big deal. Um, Helping out with the secondary assist. That made it. 2-2 at the time. No scoring in the third before Mitchell Smith. Game winner. Only took 22 seconds into overtime. Spirit win 3-2. And Colin, we will start with you. Overall thoughts on the game. Whew. And I think it was pretty one-sided in terms of offensive zone pressure and shots. But uh, that team did not come away with two points on Thursday. Yeah, well, they're lucky they got one. But can Windsor please like can they not score a power play goal? Yeah, in general, 
like in general, like can like not just this game, can they not score a power play goal? Because it's struggling to start the year. It's such a good team, and you can see the potential there to be a contender, but they got to get this power play going because if they're not going to get the power play going, it's such a crucial spot in the game when you get a power play. You got to score going 0 for 4, Saginaw 0 for 0. You don't see that too often, but uh, mm-hmm. no power plays for them. But 0 for 4 for Windsor, I mean, you got to click on some of those, right? And obviously, 4, 1 for 4, you take that, but you got to get something going there. They won the face-offs. They did everything right. They outshot them. They're just nothing on the special teams. So yeah. that's going to be better. 10.8% after four weekends that's 20th, for right? the Spitfires. That is 20th in the Ontario Hockey League. They are 4 for 37 yeah, on the power the, play. What's the penalty kill? Like 8th? I will bring that up so, right now. Penalty they're killing like 12th, overall. Special teams, the, Windsor Spitfires are 16th in the Ontario Hockey League. They have given up nine power play goals, 36 attempts. That is 75%. And uh, the worst team in the league, the Guelph Storm, that's really easy to guess, Uh, (laughs) 56% on the penalty kill. And our Hamilton Bulldogs, not our Hamilton Bulldogs, but the Hamilton Bulldogs, 18th. Just thought I'd point that out for everyone on the network. Yeah, they haven't been great. Uh, 71% on the penalty kill. Nearly not good. But in terms of the Windsor Spitfires, special teams, so they may 16th. want to look at uh, Derek Lalone's system across the river. No right. power play goals given up for the Detroit Red Wings so far. So just like yeah. point, as I probably jinx it. So I'm going to knock on my head, get some wood in there, and uh, we'll be good. I kept getting upset on Sunday during the Wings game that they were going to give one up because every single penalty, they kept showing that. Oh, my God. I was like, okay, this is the time they're going to give one up, but they just didn't. But for Windsor, Windsor, I mean, you have the 20th-ranked power play and you have the 16th-ranked penalty kill. I mean, that's last place special teams. That's that's the worst special teams. So, yeah, you're leading the Western Conference, but could you imagine once your special teams clicks? Yeah. I mean, then you look at it, and then all of a sudden they'll take right off. I mean – but until then, there's a big struggle yeah. there. And uh, to note, too, I do want to point this out, Wardy. Yeah. Um, the Saginaw Spirit, the odds were against the Windsor Spitfires in terms of the power play because the Saginaw Spirit, after four weeks, have the number one ranked penalty kill at 92%. Uh, they've only yeah. given up three power play goals on 42 attempts. Yeah, they're aggressive. I mean, they have some good forwards there. They have some, they're aggressive up top, and then they got some length on the back end as well. And then, plus, when you got guys like Mintikoff back there, he's a stud. Mm-hmm. I mean, who can skate like that? I mean, it's almost like it's even strength in some of these plays, especially at home when you get the last change, you can play the matchup a little bit. Um, when you can get your penalty kill unit number one out there against the power play unit one, um, that's a big, that's crucial too. But, uh, yeah. They have a lot of length back there for sure on the back end, and then they got aggressive forwards up front, and they play a good system. But I just want to quickly mention the Lucas, the Dean Lucas goal. What a play! Josh Blumen and they seen past uh, Pavel Mintikov coming over the blue line, and obviously we saw this so far all season. We saw it last year too from Mintikov. Just the aggressiveness coming into play, full speed, going on the wraparound, then feeding it back door. Nice play there for Lucas. Uh, just a heads-up play by Bloom and Mintikoff, just veterans in this league, and they're just, they're just having a heck of a year. Mm-hmm. And um, the Twitter poll, by the way, 56% said, heck yeah, Mintikoff scores 35. Hmm. 40, 44% no, 56% yes. So that's interesting. That's interesting mm-hmm. because it's a lot. It is a lot. After I said 35 last week, I was thinking, oh, that's a little bit. But we'll see. I mean, aggressive. Um, he's definitely going to get opportunities. We see him in – Shooting spots all the time. We see him in good scoring, getting good scoring chances. So he's definitely going to be around that conversation, just by the way he looks right now. And also, one more thing that caught my eye is is Tristan Lennox back. We saw some pre-COVID. We saw some flash coming back. Andrew Oak played so well for them, and he kind of took that starting job a little bit. But is Lennox back? Because he looked pretty good, and we know what he's capable of. He's a veteran goaltender in this league now. He's a draft pick by the New York Islanders. He's a third-round pick. So he's going to play professional hockey. You're a third-round pick. But we haven't really saw that potential since his rookie season, honestly, possibly since that incident at Budweiser Gardens with him and Brett Rochu. It hasn't been the same. 
Yes. When, when London yeah. lit up when London lit up Saginaw, I remember that game. London lit up Saginaw. And then all oh, here we go, Adani Brick breaks out. And after that, we really haven't saw Lennox put consecutive games together. And now we're starting to see that him make those extra saves and a lot more technically sound, I would say. He's always been a technical goaltender. He's always been a really good goalie. But it's tough to make it's tough to make consecutive stops in the OHL when you give up rebounds and stuff. But uh, he's looked pretty good this season. Um, I think he's back. Like I think this is the Tristan Lennox that we all expected from a couple seasons ago pre-COVID. Yeah, I think he's definitely shown for sure early signs of greatness. Like you said, uh, you know he's five and one to start the year uh, this season. Goes against three forty-seven. It's not yeah. the prettiest, but it's getting nah. the job done. Right, save percentage eight seventy-five. And I think, I think when you get into a situation. Uh, with Lennox and I guess you could put this to any goaltender in the league um, you know who's trying to earn a contract obviously Lennox already being a drafted player but you look at guys around the league who are you know looking to get drafted or looking to get um, you know signed because they weren't drafted I think yeah. one important thing to focus on is yeah you'd like to keep that goals against average down save percentage is tough, especially with the amount of shots. Certain teams give up some, you know, some nights you might not give up a whole lot because your defense is just phenomenal. Whereas other nights you're going to get peppered. Um, but, but I think a lot of uh, national hockey league teams still look at well, how many wins you get. Are you keeping your team in games? You know, it's, you talk a lot about, Oh, well he gave up five goals. So what if they won? He still gave up five. Yeah. But they still won. And I think, extra I, saves. yeah, I think, you, yeah, exactly. You got to look at those extra saves. You got to look at certain situations where he made a save, you know, say you give up five goals one night, two of them could have been on the power play. You know, a couple of them could have been on a two on one breakaway, what have you, where, you know, it's just kind of playing the odds there and hoping he makes a save. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, a lot, a lot's going to go towards Lennox in terms of the amount of wins he gets because Saginaw spirit, I don't think a whole lot of people are expecting them to be near the top of the league, at least heading in. Coming um, in. Things may have changed as the season plays out. And, you know, right now they're sitting third in the Western Conference through 10 games with 11 points. And it just, you're going to look to see that win total, right? You're getting the oh. amount of points, getting your team points, keeping your team in games. And that, that five in the win column, I think, is huge for him because those are all of the wins that the Saginaw spirit have or yeah, because sure. Tristan Lennox was in that. Yeah, for sure. And coming into the season, we've heard from, we heard from a couple different sources that Saginaw was going to have a rough year. Mm-hmm. Me, I mean, I know, I think we both had the same opinion that we thought they were going to be okay just because they're a veteran team. Like I was excited to see what Pavel Mintikov can do. I was honestly like, I really liked his game last year. Like he's deserving of a 10th round as the 10th overall pick in the national hockey league. He deserved that. 100%. And he's a good pick for the Anaheim Ducks. And Josh Bloom being that veteran, being the captain, I'm excited to see what they can do. And I think yeah, they'll throw okay. McNamara in the mix. Like, it's... yeah. Well, Luke just has to get it going. Luke yeah. just needs to be more consistent. Once he gets it, go- once he gets a couple, then he's going to start taking off. And I like how they put him with uh, Michael Misa. Ever heard of him? Star, show guest, not a big deal. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of good. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get that in the next segment because oh my, like I I got a couple of videos sent to me in uh in depth shift by shift, oh wow! I'll send it to you after the show, like just the way he reads the ice, yeah. it's like jaw dropping. Like it's good. Temper the expectations. I mean, he's only played ten games. Don't be too in love with him, but yeah, he's, he's not getting... McDavid yet. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. Connor McDavid's the best player in the world. He's the best hockey player in the world. And I think it's a lot to compare a 15-year-old who's only played 10 games in the OHL. I forget what I said. I remember I calculated it. There's like 194 more games he had to go if he plays another three years or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of hockey. That's a lot of hockey. A lot can happen. And Connor McDavid's Connor McDavid. Yes, Michael Misa through 10 games has better numbers than Connor McDavid, but it's only 10 games. Let's see. Let's see a season first, and then let's work our way up. And I think this Saginaw Spirit team this year is better when Connor, than Connor McDavid's team is an exceptional player. Connor Brown was good, but after the after Brown, like Erie was in ninth place that year, I believe. I don't think they made the playoffs. Yeah. 
and have McDavid's first year. I don't think that Erie team is very good. No, and that, and I think that's where a lot of people get mixed up, right? You you see Michael Misa lighting up the score sheet, right? But you know, a lot people still got to realize that there are yeah. lucky breaks, there are lucky bounces. I'm not taking anything away from Michael Misa; he's an exceptional player. Um, fifteen but, uh, years old, though. but but you got to look at certain situations, right? Yeah, he's fifteen years old. Um, you know, guys are still trying to figure him out. Ten games, they have some film on him. Guys are still trying to figure him out. He's got the talent. But let's let, let's yeah. back off a bit for a second, and let's let's know. get some games in here. Let's get a yeah. let's get half a season. Let's get the Christmas time first, and then we'll get an opinion on to see who he is. I mean, minor midget, Mississauga Junior Sanders, he lit it up. He lit it up there everywhere he's been. He's lit it up. So I expect him to light it up. But you know, like let's be reasonable here. I mean, to compare him to Connor McDavid right away is mm-hmm. a lot. That's a big ass to compare him to the best player in the world right now. And uh, there's no debating that, but yeah, anyways, you might as well. I might as well mention that Michael Misa he has eight points so far, or he has 14 points so far, eight goals, six assists, and 10 games. That's incredible <laughs> for a 15 year old. That's incredible. He's tied for first right now in the Ontario Hockey League in goals with Flint's Brandon Hoffman with eight. So, what a start for the 15 year old, and he's only going to get better. Um, and I'll look for McDavid's through 10 so, games. Yeah, so do you the- have it? The 2012-2013 Erie Otters, McDavid's rookie season in the Ontario Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not make the playoffs. You were correct about that, Mr. Ward. Yeah, 47 they they points. Year. They had a record of 19-40, uh, four overtime losses and five shootout losses. Um, and that was the year Chris Knobloch took over as head coach. Yeah, yes. That was that year where they had that big development change there. Mm-hmm. When it was like you could see the system changing, and all of a sudden Erie became Erie again, where they were more consistent, and then they were consistently a legitimate contender as well. And as here's another one. So here's McDavid through 10 games in the OHL. Five goals, seven assists, 12 points, minus one. So that's pretty good. Pretty consistent. So that pretty much puts a wrap on our featured game from this past week. Saginaw Spirit take it 3-2 in overtime over the Windsor Spitfires. Time for a break, though. When we come back, headlines of the week and who we think are the top five teams in the Ontario Hockey League. Should be a fun debate next on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Domaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL and 60 podcast. Keep you up to date with everything. Of course, featured games every week. And I think we've already got ours planned for this week, Wardy. So get ready. It's going to be a, a going to be a fun trip. Uh, about, I don't know, an hour? Yeah. Uh, half away, maybe? Yeah. Something like that. Oh, well, should be fun. We'll have you up. Have you up to date game updates throughout the entire contest on Twitter at the OHL and 60 podcast? Of course, link tree there as well. Check out the website articles for you. Yeah, they're good. Do it. Yeah. Uh, again, at the OHL and 60 podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Quickly, not quickly, but time to run through the headlines of the week. We're going to start with the Kitchener Rangers, Colin. A um, lot of signs. <laughs> that they are trending in the right direction. Back. Yeah, that's that's exactly. They've got that goaltender now with Marco Costantini. Um, big addition and no. Yeah, that top six. Yeah. We talk about no bigger addition uh, than Philip Mesar. Four points in his OHL debut. Rangers win it big at home. He had one goal, three assists uh, in that contest. They beat the Sudbury Wolves seven to two. Also in that game, show guest, not a big deal. This man, if he yeah. can get hot, watch out. Francesco Pinelli oh, was will. the first star in that game. His first OHL hat trick, giving him six goals in six games, of course, following uh, that win against the Sudbury Wolves. And Mitchell Martin, 
had four assists Good in player. that game for Kitchener. Um, Good player. Are they becoming the team we're expecting? Is the buy-in happening? What are yeah. we seeing with the Rangers, Wardy? I think you need another couple games, right? They only played two games this weekend, and they played against two teams, one that is struggling in mm-hmm. the Gulf Storm to keep the puck out of the net. I mean, they're probably the biggest surprise in a negative way. Them and Hamilton are probably the two biggest surprises in a negative way. I think Hamilton, there's a little exception. You didn't really know where they were going to be. You didn't know if they were going to be like this or okay, right? Like, I didn't think it was going to be this bad, but right now it hasn't been good. So they play a Guelph team that is probably the biggest underachiever right now in the Ontario Hockey League. And then you play a Sudbury team where I think, personally, for my candy, they lack defense. Um, I think right now that team is really lacking defensive structure in their game. Um, I'm not – I don't really think they're that great in their own end um, or defensively. So they kind of got lucky with who they played, but uh, you play who you play, right? You don't pick the schedule. and They they played really good hockey. I mean, tonight at home against the Guelph Storm is a big one. and we'll see how this week goes, right? You have a big week this week. Yeah, you're back in it. But yeah, Mesa are six points in two games. Welcome to the club. And I think the I think the Kitchen Rangers are back, but it's only been two games. Yeah. So let's see how it goes. Because also love the Knights win three in a row. So there's another one, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that's what we kind of talked about with the Bulldogs. Um, you know, in our it wasn't our feature game that week. We didn't have one, but. Uh, when the Bulldogs took on the Knights uh, at first Ontario Center a couple of Sundays ago, you know, about taking advantage of a team that's down, right? And the London Knights were able to yeah. come away with their first win of the season. That's kind of what we're looking at with the Kitchener Rangers uh, in that Guelph Storm game. Yeah, you look at it as a positive. They're on the you know upswing. They're starting to play better hockey. They're playing a weak team at the moment, but that's what you got to do sometimes is just get yourself out of a funk. You know that team is down. The opponent, they're not. They don't have the most confidence right now. Yeah, um, you know, take advantage when you can, and um, you know, for the Kitchener Rangers, with this start through the first three weeks, now they're starting to hit their stride. Uh, you got to do that. So yeah, uh, and hey, another, and I think that's all for that topic, right? For Kitchener, another bit, another big one, the Ottawa Sixty Sevens weekend. Oh my, I mean. That weekend was very deceiving, right? Because we didn't know what was going to happen. That's a very tough road trip. I expect them to lose one. But good teams get points or get wins when they shouldn't get wins. And they definitely did that on Sunday. Down 3 nothing. Coach Dave Cameron pulls out Max Tenoso. And that really sparked the lineup, bringing in Colin McKenzie, who mm-hmm. we'll get to next next break, after ne- or next segment, that is. Oh, my God. Talk, Colin. But, uh, yeah, that, um, that really sparked the lineup. And uh, they go out and score five unanswered Sunday afternoon against the Sudbury Wolves and defeat the Wolves five to three. Um, what a game! And I mean, it's just, they just have a one A one B situation. McKenzie really hasn't gotten the chance, but I think this week really showcase how good he is. Mm-hmm. And if he can step up, you're looking at a Hamilton Bulldog situation of last year, but they just don't lose because it doesn't matter who they start: Marco Costantini or Mateo Drollback, Max Denoso, or Colin McKenzie. They have a quality goaltender. And a guy that's more than capable of getting wins and making that extra stop. How he mentioned about Tristan Lennox back in the first segment. If he can do that, look out. This Ottawa team is going to be a very tough team to play against if they can get two solid goaltenders, which I believe they have. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the one of the things I highlighted. Ottawa 67s were my surprise team for this 2022 mm-hmm. 2023 OHL season. One of the guys, you know, obviously. I didn't forget about Denoso, but I thought Colin McKenzie was that big, uh, not wild card factor, but that player to watch, you, you know, in his second season in the league. Uh, you need him to perform. You need him to uh, win hockey games. Uh, and that's what he's done so far through three games. He's obviously he's 3-0. and um, You know, goals against average is 1.5. The save percentage is 937. Uh, he's seen 63 pucks fly at him. He's stopped 59 of them and just – he. He's been good. He's he's what you want, and I guess it's safe to say in this situation now through the first four weekends that Denoso is the starter. I think we've already talked about that on previous shows. Obviously, that you know, looking at McKenzie's performance, maybe he starts to get a little more playing time than he was through the first ten. But yeah, you know, I think it's still safe to say Denoso is going to be the guy, and McKenzie's going to be a nice compliment, like you said, uh, with Costantini and Drobak. But you know, 
I think we got to at least highlight that shootout performance from Colin McKenzie against the Sault Ste. Marie yeah, Greyhounds. Wow. Like, my goodness, that dude made saves. And, yes. you know, numerous times you're, you're thinking, how's this guy going to stop another one? It's, you know, the Sioux Greyhounds, they got to figure it out. They got to take something from the previous shooter. Well, maybe they did, but McKenzie learned even oh, more yeah. about their habits and you know, was able to come out with a very lengthy shootout win against the Sioux Greyhounds. But, yeah, just everything's going right for the Ottawa 67s right now. Um, you know, we talk about it. I think we highlighted it last show about the lengthy homestand yeah, that they have now. coming up. Yeah, that's going on right now, I should say. Um, get those points while you're at home. There will be tough road trips to come. They still got to come west uh, quite a few times this season. So um, collect these points now when you can sleep in your own bed and yeah, they only went to not see. travel on the bus. So, um, yeah, definitely maybe not a major surprise, but a little surprise uh, from the 67s, I would say, through, the, cool, for through their first nine games. I would say those Sunday's game was the most impressive so far with the comeback. I mean, mm-hmm. they're starting to get close to shootout with Sue. It was a heck of a hockey game. Um, it was a shootout that was never ending. But that was an incredible hockey game. But I would say this road trip really tested the character. And if you had any doubts in your mind about Ottawa to see how real this streak is, it's definitely for real because they proved it this weekend. I mean, you get a massive character win in the shootout with Colin McKenzie playing so well, and then you go into Sudbury where you're down 3 nothing. That's a game where you can fold up shop. That's a game where you're down 3-0 three, three on a road trip. And the last game of a road trip, you're in Sudbury, Reese. That's a tough game to play. That's you got the very, wolf in the roof, in the rafters. You see it all the time, right? And you see it vice versa when West teams go to Sioux and play that Sunday afternoon game where you see them play pretty bad. It's almost a witching hour game where you're down 3 nothing. It's like, all right, let's just try to win a period here and – make it a closer game and then you know on to the next game but credit to the Ottawa 67s they stuck with it uh they got one quick and then all of a sudden five unanswered and uh it's good night from there um what a hockey and that was I was most impressed out of the streak though from Sunday's game that was very impressive to see the Sunday games were incredible the Sunday games were incredible I mean there was one negative situation from Sunday games they'll get to in a sec but yeah, four game home trip or homestand now for the Ottawa 67s. Peterborough Friday night on the 28th, then Sunday at one o'clock against the Sioux Greyhounds. That's a tough weekend. We mm-hmm. know what Peterborough can do. Peterborough just had a very tough weekend, and uh, that was a battle, especially against the Kings of Frontenacs. Um, and then, yeah, Barry on the fourth, and then the fifth of November at home against the Peterborough Peets. So, Peterborough twice, Sioux and Barry in the four game homestand. Tough teams quality teams uh, that's gonna be a battle so uh it's exciting to watch the run i think it's always cool to see those teams that are the last undefeated team you watch how far they can go yeah there's no 68 no team but i think uh i think ottawa the social media accounts been having some fun there i saw post game there about Matier riding the wolf um looked like <laughs> a good time out there um let's have some fun uh ottawa so yeah that's pretty exciting yeah, I saw I saw a graphic of a tow truck towing was it North the North Bay, Bay bus away, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, with a couple Drops of W's on the side of the tow truck. Or like I like Yeah, that. they're working that social media. It's fun to see. Uh yeah, yeah but was... Ottawa 67's nine and zero to start the year. How far will they go? That's interesting. That might be a Twitter poll, Colin. Yeah. Over under what? What do we say? Do we just do you give the four dates? Do we just give the four games if they get through there? Yeah. Give the homes, give the four poll. It's so there's not five. I wish there was five polls you could do on the Twitter poll because if there was five, it would be nice to get the four and then add up like mm-hmm. over 15. Like, what are we thinking? But yeah, I think once you get over a crazy amount, then it goes under. Yeah, I just think the game tough game to game. Name so Peterborough Friday night, Sue Sunday, Barry on the fourth, and then the fifth against uh Peterborough again. Do that. We'll just name those four, and if they get through that, we'll start it again. Yeah, just keep it going. Yeah, that. Yeah, that would push them to thirteen and zero. Baker's dozen to start the year. Yeah, that would be impressive. Yeah, it's a tough trip, but I mean, I think if they got through last week, they can get through a lot of trips now because Mm -hmm. I, I didn't think they were going to do that. Sunday, I thought would be their toughest game just because of 
the homes going on the last game of a road trip, it's very tough to get settled in. Um, sometimes you drift off, your mind drifts off in those games, but uh, props to them for sticking in it because when they're down three nothing, they get a packed up shop. So yeah. props to them and uh, coach Dave Cameron as well, because Hey, that's a big coaching move, right? To pull your starter like that on the back to back and uh, McKenzie going 14 for 14 is huge yeah. in relief. Um, but my last thing that caught my eye on the weekend was an ag rice dogs race. Um, and it's not necessarily a good reason. Back-to-back, second game of a back-to-back, you're playing 10 forwards. They're at five cards. So correction from last week, they're at five cards now with the claim that they made on Friday. So they're at five cards. That's a lot. You don't have a lot of movement. You're out a player a month right now. A player an ad, a month. That's mm-hmm. tough to add any depth. So they really can't do that right now. So they got to ride their wave here with the roster they have. But – they're only dressing 10 forwards to the game against Windsor on Sunday. And they're playing their top six every other shift in the first period. That's a recipe for disaster, especially against Windsor Spitfires. That's a recipe for disaster, and it was. So that's one thing that was really negative to me that caught my eye. I don't. I think you, you can't have that this early, right? You can't have just 10 forwards. I get there's injuries and stuff, but you, where's, your, where's your affiliation, right? You just got an affiliation with Branford. Let's use that because you're gonna have to. You're gonna need to do that right now because there's a lot of. You can't go into Windsor like that on a road trip, and go with ten forwards in a game like that because it's not gonna work out too well. And that just showed it. And maybe hey, it's a young front office, young coaching staff, right? This is their first year, first month in the league. This is this was week four. Maybe hey, that's why they're just getting their feet wet too, and they got to experience negative situations to know how to react to a positive. So you never know, but that really caught my eye. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing with the ice dogs, uh, you know, with that 99ers affiliation, you're not yeah. going to expect the guys to come from the 99ers to get hat tricks, especially against the Windsor Spitfires. No, that's just not six. something you expect, but you need a fourth you, line. Yeah. You expect them to eat time and mm-hmm. whether that's a minute, minute and 10 seconds of, keeping the spitfires out of your zone, you know, having possession in your own end just to give, you know, your guys a breather. You don't, whether it's scoring chances or not, um, I think you just have to look at it as we're going to eat ice time and we're going to try and defend in those shifts so that we can build off of that momentum we get from defending our own zone, defending our own net. And our top six are going to come out and grab that and score. Exactly. And when, it, when when you roll three lines, like you said, it's too early on to be doing that. Uh, you you know, can't. We, we, how many times we talk about Brochu playing back to backs, back to back again, out. back to back again? You wear them out, right? And that's the same the same with your forwards because they're. I don't want to make goalies sound bad or anything, but you know, guys are skating two hundred feet you know, every single shift, once or twice at least, well, once or twice. Forty minutes a night. Yeah, it's 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 something you can't do over the course of a year, and you can't do it against Windsor Spitfires. Well, not a chance. Which the Ice Dogs are going to welcome the Spitfires um, very soon to the Meridian Center, so they get that yeah. done and over with with the Spitfires this season. But I think it's just you know you take lessons from that game, and whether it's dressing twelve forwards or you know having eleven and getting that extra D, but just just spreading that ice time out and giving those top guys like Zito, Femis, giving those top end forwards that you expect to score some rest because they need it. Those three, four shifts less for your top line. It can serve. It has some more conserving energy for that lot for that third period. When you're down a couple goals there to get back in the game, Mm -hmm. right? It gets you back in the hockey game. I mean, there's eight penalties combined. So you think about that panel, Femis, Squally, Zito, and et cetera, on that top line killing penalties and playing power play plus five on five. You're looking at 32 to 40 minutes a night from those guys on the second game of back to back with 10 forwards. You're looking at more than 30 minutes. That's, that's too much hockey for October uh, hockey, in my opinion, for your guys. And if that continues, you're going to start to see eight goals given up a game. That's why, that's why there was eight goals given up because guys get tired. They leave up, they leave out holes and next thing you know, you leave odd man rushes for Windsor, and then they capitalize on it. And it's not just Windsor. Any game you play like that, they're going to score. You can't do that. Um, you got to manage the bench a little bit better. And, uh, yeah, it would be nice to see that fourth line, get a fourth line here and get 
balanced minutes out here and develop what you have. And let's see what happens here because that's just too many minutes for October hockey on a back that second game of back to back. And Reese, you've done that trip before. That's not a fun trip, especially this year. That Sarnia game was a battle Saturday night. That was a battle. Yeah, and, really good effort from the Ice Dogs to come back. But yeah, the yeah. Sting were able to win it late. Yeah. So you really can't. So then going into Sunday after a mentally and physically demanding game like that on Saturday with 10 forwards, mm-hmm. to me, it's just a recipe for disaster. And that that's a learning experience for sure all the way around. And I look for uh, I look for that to be a big change here on their next road trip because that's not they that's not very deep and you gotta you gotta gain on the depth here and you gotta get a fourth line together so that top the top six doesn't have to eat that many minutes up for you because it's just gonna kill them. Yeah, and the Ice Dogs stayed in Sarnia the Saturday night. They traveled to Windsor on Sunday. Four oh five start. Yeah. So that's okay. It's not yeah, yeah. I mean, they ca- kind of catch a break there. Usually, you get the two p.m. starts on Sundays, unless you're Oshawa, then you feel the need to start at six. Oh, that's uh, a late one. Um, yeah, it was a four o'clock start in well, Windsor for that one. Seven forty-five now too. There's seven thirty-five now in Oshawa as well. So that's like a seven forty, seven forty-five start. That's a late start. If you're coming from Windsor or something for a Friday night game in Oshawa, you're not getting home till two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's a late night. Hopefully that's an Eastern trip. Um, one thing I wanted to point out before we mm-hmm. move on, um, we, I talked about it early in the segment when we mentioned Bo Gelsma, uh, the Barry Colts on Saturday night. Yeah, that was Saturday. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, six five winners over the Mississauga Steelheads. They were down four to one after twenty minutes uh, in this game. They get the lone goal of the second. I think that's big. Uh, you know, helped create that momentum period. because that goal was in the back half of that second period. 15-11 was the time uh, of that goal. Then you get to the third. Kind of feel like it takes the wind out of the sails of the Barry Colts. Luca Del Belbaluz gets his fifth of the year, makes it 5-1. You're thinking, oh, crap. You know, we had a – we scored one within the last five minutes of the second. We thought we had momentum. And Luca Del Belbaluz, the player that he is, takes the momentum away, and it's Mississauga all the way uh, the rest of the night. Uh, wrong. Bo Gelsma starts the comeback. 12-27 mark. They scored four goals in 10 minutes, the Barry Colts. That's Bo Gelsma's second of the year. York Blake and Aiken getting the assists. Um, and and it, just, it just kept going from there. Uh, Kavanaugh gets one at 15-19. Cardwell scores at 18-21. And then the winner, Ty York, with 116 to play in the third, wins the game for the Barry Colts. Heavily, heavily, heavily outshot, kind of like what we saw in Windsor on Thursday. Uh, Mrs. Saga outshoots the Barry Colts 42 to 24. Um Mississauga, 13 shots in the first, 12 in the second, 17 in the third. Um, wow. All, all I can say is, wow. Yeah. Uh, the Barry Colts, that's that's what you do. Um, that's how you make yourself a contender in this league. That's a game no where you look back at and say, we made a run after that, and we put ourselves in a very good position to do very well uh, this season. And, you know, whether – you look at it, Ben West, tough night for him. Uh, gives up nine, or nine. Gives up four on 13 in the first. Anson Thornton comes in, shuts the door. He makes 28 saves, only allowing one goal uh, for the victory. So talk about a team effort for sure. You know, one guy doesn't have it one night. Okay, you expect your backup to pick you up, and that's exactly what Thornton did. I, I like that move from day one for Marty Williamson and the yeah. Barry Colts, and I still like it now, so... Um, just an all-around team win for the Barry Colts. And we'll see, we're going to watch a few of their games following this and you know, kind of see where they go, what direction they kind of take and see if they start a little bit of a streak. They get a tough opponent in the Owen Sound attack on Thursday, 7.30 start at Sadlon Arena. It's an interesting game. Um, you know, it'll, be, it'll be fun to watch to see you know, that tough Owen Sound team going to Barry and uh, uh, you know, try and steal two points on the road. But I'm, I wonder if the Colts get energized following a win like this, especially the start that Mississauga well, Sunday, is having right now. 
Yeah, Sunday hurt. Sunday was a tough one. They play, They battled hard against North Bay too, Barry. That's a tough back-to-back after that Saturday night game where they had that momentum, right? They get the win, and then you lose an overtime to North Bay on the first shot of overtime. Yeah. But just to get a point in that game, that's a tough trip going from Barry and then leaving early Sunday morning to go to North Bay. That's a very tough trip. And uh, did teams find a way to get points or get two points when they shouldn't? And yep. that's a sign. That's a sign right there. We said that about Ottawa last segment. We'll say it about the Barry Colts, right? You got to get points in games that you shouldn't. And they're definitely going to look back at that and say, wow, they should have lost that game, right? They could have packed up shop and thought about Sunday, but no, yeah. right? You make the move and you win at home, make the goaltending change, that is. And you win at home. And uh, two points is two points. And that's a massive two points for the Barry Colts on Saturday night. And Sunday, it's a massive one point. That's a tough game as well to get that point in overtime. Um, they battled so hard in that game as well. And, uh, yeah, good weekend for the Barry Colts. All right. Uh, I guess we could get to suspensions now as much as we <laughs> aren't a fan yeah. of doing it. Um, uh, we might as well. So today's the we're recording on Monday the 24th. So Grushnikov. So, start. yeah, start with Artem Grushnikov. Two games uh, for a slew foot. Yeah. Against Mrs. Saga. Uh, he'll be back October 29th. Artem Guriev had himself <laughs> an interesting night on Friday against nights. Kingston. Thursday yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh, he is gone for five games uh, out of Peterborough's lineup. He will come back November 5th. Noah Roberts from the Bulldogs. He gets two games. Weren't sure if he was going to get anything, but that was the spearing call. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Colin. Um, so still couple... haven't saw the video of that. Yeah. Still haven't saw the video. Uh, two games, November 4th, he will come back to the Bulldogs lineup. Uh, Thomas Hamara, he's gone for two. October 30th is when he comes back. And Rodwin Denizio, uh talked to Ted Lehman uh, following their Sarnia-Windsor trip. You're already down to 10 forwards. Kind of look at that play as <laughs> maybe hold off a bit. Uh, Denizio is done indefinitely. Um, there is no date for him to return. Um, so still kind of waiting to hear exactly what happened. Even Ted, his vantage point, it was a little bit tough to see. So I don't think he caught it originally, and I don't think the replays helped him out either. Um, so I'll, I'll try and find that video and, and look to see what happened if it shows it, but Hamara, uh, yeah, Denizio out of the Niagara lineup uh, indefinitely. Hamara was a slew foot, by the way. Hamara's right. a slew foot from Kitchener. Jeez, we're getting a lot of those this year. Yeah, I think we had it last year too at the start of the year, if I'm not mistaken. We had a lot of slew foots mm-hmm. at the beginning of the last year too. The first month, yeah. Suspensions were up like crazy though last year. Remember, every week we had a suspension. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was, was kind of rough, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, we had a couple of trades as well, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, today, or Monday afternoon, um, Peterborough and Flint, Marco uh, Sotokoff Sodakoff from uh, Verlunda Jr. out of there in the SHL. But, uh, yeah, he's going to Peterborough, or to Flint, from um, a Guelph 12th round pick from 2023. Sorry, I got all messed up here on my... Uh, oh, that's all right. Sheet. And then the naming, too. But, yeah, that's interesting to see that trade. And then we had the waiver claim as well. Ice dogs need players, eh? <sighs> William Hall claimed Whoa. off waivers from Mrs. Saga. Uh, to down to five. One move a month. One move a month. And you can't even do that. You're in trouble. I, I was gonna. I was gonna say, do you save them up for the trade deadline? Like, <laughs> well, you, yeah, you might as well because you're not gonna be able to make a move at the trade deadline at this rate. Yeah. The trade deadline, you might as well call it November 11th or November 10th because of this. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. w- looks like one more move or about three more moves because I guess the 18th. Uh, first off, Ryder McIntyre goes from Sarnia to Oshawa. Cooper Way and Oshawa's eighth rounder in 2025 head back uh, to Sarnia and Windsor involved in a couple of moves. First, they pick up Thomas Johnston and Ottawa's sixth rounder in 2024 uh, in exchange for Kingston's third rounder in 2023. That, of course, coming from the Windsor Spitfires. And then with the Spitfires having their goaltending situation sorted out, 
They had to do something with Kyle Downey. He goes to the Erie Otters for Erie's sixth round pick in 2025. Yeah, and I just quickly want to mention, I just had to find it here quickly, but um, I want to mention uh, good luck to show guest Bryce Montgomery too with Cedar Rapids in the USHL. I know what happened yet last Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe, after we recorded. So I just want to mention uh, good luck, Bryce. Thanks for the time. Um, It was always a pleasure getting to talk to you in London. Mm-hmm. We're on the road, uh, such a nice guy, um, well deserving, and uh, yeah, just have a, have a good run out there, and uh, we'll be watching you. That's for sure. Is that our new USHL team? Yes. All right. Big We're fans. not flaunting the flannel anymore. No, nope. fortunate. No, decommitting. We're decommitting <laughs> after uh, yeah. COVID season. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Yeah. Uh, all right, two more things to get to, and that is the goaltender of the week and player of the week in the Ontario Hockey League. It's fitting that an Ottawa 67's goaltender takes this home. Uh, Colin McKenzie, a couple of victories, goals against average of 0.60, save percentage of 976. Yeah, those 67s, like we mentioned, are still defeated. Yeah, uh, very good, I would say. Fourth different goaltender to take this award, by the way, this week. Haven't had any repeats, so that's kind of cool to see. Good. Yeah, we haven't had that this year. Last year we had it a couple times there mm-hmm. early on. Uh, I believe one back to back. Cavalin. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because I think was it Costantini? Yeah. I think Tucker Tynan won the first one of the year. Yeah. First week he was goaltender then, of the week. Then Brochu. I think so. And then Goudreau or Cavalin. Yeah. One or the other. Cavalin won. Jackson Pars Jackson Parsons, you might have won one. I think so. Chion too. Because I remember Parsons had a big week early on in the season. And then Chion came up in January, February, and played really well. Mm-hmm. When Kitchener went on a little bit of the winning streak there near the tail end after the po- after the deadline. So, yeah, there's a few. They're capable. OHL Player of the Week from the Mississauga Steelheads, Owen Beck, three goals, six assists through two games this weekend. Uh, he was plus two as well. Um, it's unfortunate with us being on the Bulldogs audio network that this this happened <laughs> against night. the Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, 8-2 was the final score. Beck tied a Steelhead's record for most points. Shout out to the OHL stats staff for finding that one out. Um, most points in a single game on Friday tied that. One goal and five assists, like I mentioned, in that 8-2 victory over the Hamilton Bulldogs. And he also won 13 of 17 faceoffs, so... Um, that adds even more value uh, for sure. The last guy to do that. Um, yeah. Five assists in a game. Um, All time franchise record. First time a steelheads player has done that since Nathan Bastion. There's a name. October 12th, 2016 against the Guelph storm. Yeah. New Jersey devil. So there you go. A couple other guys that are in consideration for this one or were in consideration for it. Uh, Philip Masar, shocker, agree with that 100%. And then Ty Voigt of the Sarnia Sting. Uh, He had a goal and seven assists in three games. So eight points in three games, eh? And you come third on the, and you come third in the rank or play of the week. That's, that's a week. That's a week. So, uh, yeah, shout out to those guys as well because, I mean, Mesar had a big week and then Voight flying under the radar with a quiet eight points in three games. Yeah, that's not too bad too. But, uh, yeah, watching Owen back on Friday, Reese, I honestly, looks like Robert Thomas. When Robert Thomas was in junior, how controls the play, getting both ends smooth. Um, back's, get, back's a star, and it's unfortunate, but, hey, Mississauga fans, get out there and support your team because this team's a wagon. And um, get out there and go watch them because they got everything. They got good defense. Casper Larson's back. Big defenseman, mean. Delmastro, the captain, such an underrated player. Um, he's a guy that after one, maybe one year in the AHL, he'll be up with Chicago right away. He's mm-hmm. that good. And uh, obviously, Del Bell Blues back. Um, the whole gang there, they get it done. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, what a team that that, that is. And, I mean, this power ranking is going to be interesting because I know they're going to be high. Yeah. Yeah, these are uh, these are two guys that you can go watch and not spend a fortune on yeah, tickets in the uh, GTA. So, what's twenty dollars in Toronto? 
with the way everything costs right now. Ooh, twenty dollars gets you half a parking spot, probably. Yeah, yeah. What's a Jays game like? Thirty-five bucks. I don't know. I can't be that Exactly. Not a, not yeah, a chance in hell. Much. I'm driving to Toronto for that. Yeah. Yeah. Opening day next year. Yeah, I'll Open be there. Day. Absolutely. Even if it's snowing, I'm going. Go Tigers. All right. You're gonna get hackled there. Yeah, it's not the first time. <laughs> Very true. Right. Very I'll true. be at Tigers opening day the week before. It'll be all right. Oh yeah, the Jays turned on a road trip. Makes zero yeah. sense. Well, well finish the Rhinos, right? Yeah. That's like that's like the Arizona Coyotes getting ready for uh, hockey at Arizona State. Yeah, as the Arizona State team's playing there, they've started two weeks ago at home. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a university town. Way to go, Arizona! Yeah, you did they, it. They don't love hockey. Yeah, yeah maybe that one out of ten. Yeah, I feel like maybe. if we did a chart yeah. about named Coyotes, I mean, naming Coyotes would be tough right now, anyways, for that roster. But yeah, yeah, that'd be tough. Well. Be all right. Um, all right, time for a break. Final segment on the way. We will kind of give our top five teams that we think. It won't. We're not going in depth. We're not overanalyzing four weeks of play, but just kind of five teams that we uh, look at as the uh, as the top five right now. And of course, our featured game as well. It's going to be a fun one coming up this weekend. So all of that is next here on the OHL and sixty podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast final segment before we round out the show. Top five who we got already through four weekends, uh, top five teams. And we're going all OHL here. We're not just sticking to conferences. That, that's kind of dumb. Uh, yeah. Top top five in the Ontario hockey league. Uh, Colin, I'll let you go first. Cause so you said we're going to, it's going to be interesting. We want we'll start at one and go to five or what do we want to do here? Nah, we got to go from five to one. What do you mean? Okay. So, Five right now, I have the Owen Sound attack at five out of the West. I mean, yeah, they had a tough game on Sunday, but I think this team's for real, and it's not enough to drop. So five Owen Sound. Do you want to go five, Reese? Yeah, I'll do my five. Um, My number five team right now, I'm going with the Kingston Frontenacs. Nice. Um, You know, obviously I have four teams higher than them, but I I think they're on the uprise. I think they'll uh, get a little bit higher. Um, obviously Ottawa's got to cool off a little bit for them to, you know, start taking a run at that division title. And as I say that we're freaking nine games into the season, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the Kingston Frontenacs. I like the way they played on the weekend. They were two and oh this past weekend. Um, not a team that scores the most goals They're at 27, which isn't bad through nine games. Um, but they've only given up 19 and they're the only team in the Eastern conference to give up less than 20 through the first four weekends. So number five for me is the Kingston front next. Yeah. Four for me is the Peterborough Peets. Um, I like Peterborough. I think they're a veteran team and they had a good week. Um, they've clearly showcased that one. I like their goal differential as well. Um, plus 10 already. So I'm going to go with Peterborough Peets at four. Uh, four. I'm going Owen sound. Uh, nice. a, a lot of the, a lot of the points that, you hit on, uh, I'm there. This is just a team that's loaded with talent that's just going to get better throughout the year. Um, they're leading their division right now. They've got 12 points uh, on the season. Next closest, Iria, 10 points, whatever. But, uh, yeah, no, I like I like Owen Sound's start, and I think they're just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah, for sure. This is where mine gets interesting. Three, I have the Windsor Spitfires. Windsor, their power play is this is the reason why their special teams is the reason why they can't, they're not a top two team right now in the power ranking, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. their special teams, their special teams is 20th in the power play 16th on the penalty kill. As you mentioned early on in the show, Reese, that's not good enough to be a top two team in the Ontario hockey league in any rankings because special teams is such a crucial spot to winning. So yeah. Windsor's my third. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm with you on Windsor too. Um, got to score a power play goal. Like, let's, yeah. let's do this. You haven't lost in regulation, which is still very impressive. Again, two teams that have not lost in regulation. Obviously, Ottawa's the other one, uh, if you couldn't guess that. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, th- there's still a lot of talent here. I think I think they have the goaltending to be a very successful team, 100%. and they're doing their job through the first nine games. They're a good team. The offense has to start scoring on the power play, like you said. They got to they gotta figure that out really quickly. 
Exactly. And that's the that's the only reason why they're not in the top two, in my opinion, is because yeah. of their special teams. Special yeah. teams is such a big spot to winning, and it's not nearly as good as it should be. So until then, they're not in the top two. Yeah. But they're good. Um, my second, and it's very close between one and two. It's very mm-hmm. close. Mississauga Steelheads, two for now. Um, Mississauga's just got it all. Mississauga has it all. They have defense, they have goaltending, and they have forwards. They remind me so much of Hamilton last year where they're just loaded. There's no, not a lot of weaknesses. And once they pick up some guys as well, mm-hmm. look out. And uh, this team's good. Uh, Mississauga's two by a slim margin. Yeah, I, th- I think our top three are going to be pretty similar here, Colin, unless you're throwing a wild card at me uh, for number one. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mississauga is two for me as well. I think they're going to be number one to finish the season. I really like what, you know, we're, we're fans of James Richmond. We, we talked about it last year, how much we like the way his teams play. Uh, so for me, Mississauga, seven and two to start the year. Yeah, they're, they're, my, they're my choice as well. And they had a pretty easy win against the Hamilton Bulldogs, 8-2 this past Friday. So, yeah, Mississauga's two for me. Yeah, and then number one, I think it's a no-brainer for both of us, uh, the Ottawa 67s. You're 9-0. Oh, really, Colin? I thought you were going to pick Guelph for a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> nine and oh, hey, you never know. Maybe by the end of the year they could be, but yeah, yeah. Ottawa, they're nine and oh, they haven't had any weaknesses. And if anyone doesn't have Ottawa number one or in the top three in the CHL rankings, it's a fraud ranking. Yeah. I will go out and say that. I mean, they're nine and oh, they haven't lost. They just won a game and they were down three nothing and they just came back and win that game five three and then they go win a. Well, it wasn't after that, but it was before on the Saturday night when they go win a long shootout. Like, this team hasn't – they faced adversity this weekend, and they came out on top in both times. And they, I think that's a huge sign. I don't know why they would drop on any rankings, and they should just mm-hmm. be going up. So, Ottawa 67th one, and it's just a no-brainer. There are three teams in the Canadian Hockey League as of October 24th who are undefeated. Yeah. That's be the top Ottawa three. 67s are one and two more are out West. I can't remember who they are. I'd have to look them up quickly, but um, yeah, it's the, like you said, if they're not top three there, there's something going on here. Um, it just, yeah, they, they've been good up and down. It starts from the goaltending. They Denoso McKenzie, Oh, seven for Denoso three for McKenzie. They they've both been good. Uh, I've got to pull up here. And Red Deer. Yeah, yeah, Seattle Thunderbirds 8-0 to start their season. Um, yeah, Red Deer Rebels. This is hilarious. They're in second place, but they're undefeated. How many games? Uh, that, that's because of points. Yeah, Winnipeg Ice, they've played 12 games, 22 points. Red Deer has played 10 games. They have 20 points. So Red Deer so, 10-0, Ottawa 9-0, Seattle 8-0. There's your top three in the CHL. If nobody can figure that out, that is sad. Red Deer being... Red Deer playing the most games, being undefeated, should be one. Ottawa, two. Yeah. And Seattle, three. That's Unless you're going off wins, Winnipeg has 11. Yeah, and they're good. None they're, of the teams they're loaded. I don't know. I'm a big fan of undefeated teams. So, I mean, I guess there's your yeah. top four in the Canadian Hockey League. Um, but, yeah, it's – yeah, we know how – you know there's how well we like West those team. rankings. Call yeah, there's so. a, yeah, there's always a West team that's top, and then they get to the Memorial Cup, and they finish fourth. So that's a big, that's a big one there. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, all right. Got a minute or two left to go here quickly before we end the show featured game. Yeah. It is a very busy Guelph storm team this week. They get Kitchener on Tuesday on the road on the road. Like it's far. Um, <laughs> they host, they host Mississauga Friday in Owen sound Saturday. Oh God. And then they get the North Bay Battalion, our featured game this week. It is a 2 p.m. start at the Sleeman Center. They're going to have like seven layers because it is cold that in the Sleeman Center. Uh, opening night, opening night there. It was so cold in there. Like it's tough because the press start box doing jumping so jacks in the press box. Stay warm. Yeah. Well, you know, you know how I am in the press box. I love Hamilton. Hamilton's the best press box because you can stand in there. And that you know, yeah, there's a the bar game. so you don't fall over, lean on the bar. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, even in Windsor, I was like that too. I love Windsor because of that. Yeah. But any place you can stand in the press box, I like that just because when there's space to as well. 
But um, it's nice that you're away from the rink and you have a good view. But yeah, that's a cold place. And uh, get press box though, because it's like you're right on top of the penalty box. It's almost like yeah. Oshawa in a sense, where you're like right on top. Well, not a press box. Oshawa doesn't have one, but you know what I mean. The location. Yeah, the broadcast booth in Oshawa is a perfect location. The scoreboard's huge, way too big. This for that is nice too. But uh, yeah, yeah, that like, is one arena that needs a smaller scoreboard. Oshawa. Yeah. Huge. It's it's nice. Don't get me wrong. Like that's one of the nicest scoreboards in the OHL, but it's too big. Yeah it out there but yeah make sure you stay tuned on twitter at the ohl and 60 podcast this week's featured game east versus west north bay battalion guelph storm two o'clock start at the sleeman center should be a fun one and that wraps up a very fun show um thanks so much for tuning in everybody colin ward is turning on chell 23 <laughs> <laughs> we're getting ready to dominate again yeah, it was a fun one this week. Uh, yeah. For Colin Ward, I'm Reese Demaney. Thanks so much for tuning in. And we will chat again in seven days.